I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Last time I spoke, which was two weeks ago, Renee spoke uh, last week. Uh, but when I spoke last, I spoke on prayer and prayer that transforms. And I'm going to continue that, that theme uh, today. So entering in a, a, a series on prayer, because how many people know that prayer changes things? And uh, prayer changes everything, really. And, um, and, and prayer is the, the starting place and the foundation of revival. Anyone besides me in this room hungry for revival? People being awakened to their calling, families being awakened, cities and regions being awakened, God coming in undeniable ways, transforming for his glory and in his glory, the earth, the earth would resonate his glory. I'm hungry for revival. And prayer is key for revival. And we're going we're gonna to continue to talk about prayer as a foundation for our lives and a foundation for our church and a foundation for a move of God. And you know, I last, uh, last time, two weeks ago, I spoke about how I believe that, that we have dug a well in worship, that we are a worshiping house. And that's beautiful and that is powerful. And we spent lots of time teaching on that. But God wants to call his house a house of prayer. And when prayer and worship go hand in hand, powerful things break forth. And we have dug a well in worship, but I believe that God is calling us to, inviting us to dig a deeper well in prayer. That Bethel Austin would be known as a house of worship and as a house of prayer. Because prayer changes things. And we want to see things changed. How many people know we're not here to play church? We're not here to play. We're here to see God come and to see his name glorified and to see this world transformed to look like his world. To see all of his creation, all of his children to come back into loving relationship with their heavenly father. Thank you, Jesus. And prayer is the foundation. Prayer changes everything. You know, there was a revival in Wales, broke out in 1904, referred to as the Welsh Revival. And it completely and utterly transformed a region. And really, the nations, because the fire of that revival sparked, went far and wide. The fires of that revival initiated the fires of Azusa Street here in Los Angeles, that burned for years, that sparked many more revivals, and oh, Jesus. But I mean, 
I mean, entire uh, villages and towns coming under the influence of heaven. Uh, bars, uh, bar, busy bars, God falling on the bars and everyone in the bar falling on their face and repenting and crying out to God. Listen, that's revival. <laughs> People gathering together at all hours of the night for spontaneous prayer and worship settings. People breaking into the same spontaneous song at the same moment that no one has ever sung before. Just corporately moved by the Spirit of God. And repentance was a hallmark of the arrival. Getting right with Jesus. This isn't... <clears throat> Evan Roberts had four foundational beliefs for revival. And these are the four, and I wasn't even planning on going here, but, but I'm feeling this right now. These four foundational beliefs that Evan Roberts preached for revival, confession of all known sin. If there is any unconfessed sin, we cannot receive the Spirit. Didn't get a big response on that one. <laughs> Come on, it's true. Can I get an Amen. Repentance and restitution, if there is anything doubtful in our lives, it must be removed. Three, obedience and surrender to the Holy Spirit. An entire giving up of ourselves to the Spirit is necessary. That's what we sang in worship this morning. Public confession of Christ is a requirement of the Spirit. This, this um, revival that swept, literally swept the land. Hundreds and hundreds of uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands, not millions, I forget the number, of conversions. And again, entire villages swept under the power of God. Everyone in that town born again. I mean, this type of, of move of God. And Evan Roberts was the catalyst of it. Uh, he received a fire, an impartation from an evangelist named uh, Joshua uh, that that he heard this man who was moving in precursors of revival in the land, praying a prayer meeting, bend us, God. And Evan Roberts was gripped at that moment. Something lit in his heart. He said, this is the key. And it caused him to, to pursue God for a personal, not just breakthrough, but a personal breaking. They resulted in this outpouring, but I want to read this part. So during the, the height of the revival, Evan Roberts was interviewed, talking about prayer that overcomes is what we're talking about this morning. Last two weeks ago, it was prayer that transforms, prayer that overcomes. In the height of the revival, he was interviewed, and this is directly from the interview. When interviewed during the revival, the interviewer asked, how he began to take this work, speaking of the revival, the ministry. He said, for a long, long time, I was much troubled in my soul and my heart by thinking over the failure of Christianity. Oh, it seemed such a failure, such a failure. And I prayed and prayed, but nothing seemed to give me any relief. But one night, after I had been in great distress praying about this, I went to sleep. And at one o'clock in the morning, suddenly I was waked up out of my sleep and I found myself with unspeakable joy 
and awe in the very presence of the Almighty God. And for the space of four hours, I was privileged to speak face to face with him, face to face with him as a man speaks face to face with a friend. At five o'clock in the morning, it seemed to me as if again I returned to earth. Were you not dreaming, the interviewer asked. No, I was wide awake. Listen, and it was not only that morning, but every morning for three or four months. Always I enjoyed four hours of that wonderful communion with God. I cannot describe it. I felt it, and it seemed to change all of my nature. I saw things in a different light, and I knew that God was going to work in the land, and not this land only, but in all the world. Wow. Prayer changes things. Thank you, Jesus. And the good news is, that God is no respecter of persons. In that, if he did it for Evan Roberts, he'll do it for you and I. But, but Evan Roberts set himself to prayer. He set himself to being broken. He set himself to being surrendered. He allowed himself to be gripped and troubled with what troubled God to the point of breaking. It's getting quieter in here. Don't worry, it gets good. Thank you, Jesus. But if we're not here to mess around, that's what it takes. Shall I go on? Or have you had enough already? Kind of got the deer in the headlights. Look, going on. (laughs) Anybody still in love with Jesus this morning? Come on. So last week, just to, to lay a foundation, recap a little bit, talking about prayer that brings transformation. And I talked about uh many things, but at near the end, highlighting, I talked about three types of prayer that I feel like God was highlighting for us and it's not an exhaustive list by any means there's so many types uh, and ways to engage with God through prayer Um, but I talked about uh, disciplined devotional prayer and how that breaks the the back of the enemy because the enemy wants to get us uh, uh, distracted discouraged and disconnected And we're going to talk about overcoming those three D's of defeat this morning. But the enemy's plan is to get you distracted, discouraged, and disconnected. But when you choose to come back to the Father in connection, when you choose to pray, even when you don't feel like it, it breaks the back and the plan of the enemy. It tells the enemy that he can't win, <laughs> that he can't take ground, that him messing with you is only going to drive you not farther from God, but deeper into God. 
And the result is, he goes, whoa, I'm gonna stop messing with them. They're just getting more of the Father, not less. We need to learn how to break the plans of the enemy. Discipline, devotional prayer was number one. Adoration prayer was number two. And that is similar to worship, but it's our, our, from our heart, our spontaneous adoration of the Father. And I talked about uh, worship is beautiful and, and singing your own worship song to the Lord is absolutely powerful. But in corporate worship, we're usually singing songs that someone else wrote out of their intimacy and devotion, and that is powerful, but something happens when you freely allow your heart to overflow in expression to the Father and adore him, doors open in heavenly places. The Lord's prayer starts with, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. A door opens, now your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Number three was praying in our it, praying in your spiritual language, praying in tongues. That that no one knows the thoughts of God. First Corinthians two eleven. No one knows the, the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. When you don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit. <laughs> because the Spirit knows what to pray. And I shared this story, again, just laying some foundation. I shared this story two weeks ago of the, of the, the, the young man who grew up in Africa, the son of the most powerful witch doctor in, in the region. And he got born again in his early 20s. But he tells the story how his father wasn't afraid of anybody. He was the most powerful. Other, other witch doctors would come and bow down to him and that whole dynamic. But he talked about growing up, he only ever saw his father avoid or be afraid of this certain group of people. And every, on occasion, every once in a while, they would see someone coming and they would have this orb of light in, coming from their belly. And he said, those people his father would avoid. He would cross the street, the road, whatever, to avoid them. And he said some people had small orbs and some people had large orbs that covered their whole body, their whole person. And some had orbs so big it covered their whole family. And later in life, he discovered that, that the measure of the orb was the measure that people prayed in the spirit. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to build on, on that foundation. And again, when the enemy, the enemy's plans, he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. And so in that, the enemy really wants to get you distracted. Because when he can get you distracted, then then he can fill your life, your thoughts, your patterns with things that don't line up with God. And then discouragement starts to set in. When he can get you discouragement, we start to lose our connection to the Father. And his plan is he wants to get you in a downward spiral. It's not God's plan, 
but it's the enemy's plan. Get you distracted. Lose your, your attention to prayer. Lose your focus in the scriptures. Lose your connection to the people. Get you distracted. And then bring in discouragement. And then you don't feel worthy to come back to the Father and just keep cycling down. But we're called to break that pattern. In Jesus' name. When, when that happens, that he is winning. But when the opposite is happening, he loses and we are winning. When in God, the opposite of those things, when in God we are focused, when we are encouraged, and when we are connected to heaven, we are connected to the Father. When we are focused, encouraged, and connected in God, we are positioned for a life of significance and a life of power. When the bride corporately, now listen, one puts a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand to flight. That's good math right there. That's the math of grace right there. But listen, if you are winning, when you are, when you are focused and encouraged and connected, your life is winning, you're starting to overflow, you're starting to exude heaven, you're like, oh, I love Jesus, heaven's moving through me, things are changing. Listen, that's one, what happens when the corporate bride is focused, encouraged, and connected? These, if these three areas create a power swing in our lives, from the enemies winning to we're winning with God, based on these three things, this is, this is the battleground. There's, a, there's a, a book, The Three Battlegrounds, a famous popular book, <clears throat> not to be mistaken with that, but these are three battlegrounds that if we can win those, we are winning the war. These three battlegrounds, so let's look at each one a little bit more as it pertains to prayer. Focus means obviously focused on God more than the distractions of the world. Focused on the promises more than the problems. It sounds easy to say, it takes a little bit more work to exercise in the real world. But we need to train ourselves, train our senses. We need to become experts at finding what God is doing without being distracted by what has not happened yet. Listen, the world is full of bad news. But guess what? There's plenty of good news to go around. We, listen, we get to choose what channel we tune into. You want some good news? Eight people got born again on outreach yesterday. Come on, Jesus. Listen, you want some good news there? We have a testimony page on our website that is just flooded with testimonies. Of what God, it starts from most recent, you could just, just read 20 testimonies of what God's done in the last two months. 
right there on the website. There's books in the bookstore that talk about what God's doing on the earth. There's websites. Look, I just read this story of Evan Roberts from the internet, his interview. Listen, you can choose what channel you want to tune into. (laughs) And listen, the best channel is right here. It's called the Bible. (laughs) But we choose. The difference is the world tries to spoon feed you the bad news. We have to choose to turn that channel off and to turn God's channel on. But when we choose over and over again, listen, back to the disciplined prayer, even when we don't feel like it. Listen, God's invite us to dig a deeper well to be a house of prayer. Listen, even when you don't feel like it, when you choose to do it in that moment, it was when something powerful breaks. I know it's basic, but it's powerful. It's profound. When you don't feel like it, but you get up and do it anyway, you can hear the plans of the enemy start to crack. Being focused on God more than the problem means your yes, your yes to God drives your no to the distractions of the world. Your yes has to be bigger than your no. Sometimes religion tries to flip that. Religion tells you if you say no, 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 and all this stuff, you'll find God. (laughs) There's a measure of truth, (laughs) but really our yes to God fuels our no. One is us trying to do it out of the flesh. One, the other is us doing it out of the overflow of the Spirit. I am so connected to God. I love him so much. I love our intimacy. Oh, that would distract me from this. There's no way I don't want that. Now it's an easy no. In... First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17. It says, rejoice always. It's a good idea. Pray without ceasing. Also a good idea. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Listen, that just undid the spiral of the enemy. Can I read it again? Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Someone say everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. To be encouraged in prayer. To be encouraged comes as a direct overflow of our focus. When we get the first one down, when we learn how to, regardless of how much the news is screaming at us, how much our coworkers are trying to feed us bad news, regardless, when we learn to repeatedly, day in and day out, even when we don't feel like it, turn that channel off and tune into the channel of God, when we learn to do that, the overflow of that is encouragement. Listen, <laughs> Get on the website and look up good news. Get on, get on there and, and 
Google uh, the Great Awakenings. Just get books on revival, on the God's generals, on Charles. You can't read this stuff and not be encouraged. (laughs) So the mistake is to not read the stuff. Oh, that's so simple. It's so basic. Yes. But when's the last time we found ourselves going three weeks without doing it? Or three months? (laughs) We need to break the cycle. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing. Anybody ever been encouraged when you're in the moment of need and you hear God speak to you? Four people. (laughs) This is how it's supposed to work, guys. Like, you hear God speak to you and he gives you direction and, and you're like, yes, God, thank you. Like, you feel encouraged when you hear from God. Now, faith comes from hearing, but hearing comes by the word of God. When you, when you feel discouraged, get in the word. When you feel disconnection happening, you feel discouragement happening, get in the word. And sometimes it's an instant response. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but you're like, God, I don't know what to do. Help me. You're so desperate. You don't even know where to read. You're like, I'm just going to open the word. Boom. And your eyes fall on the answer. You're like, yes. It's so fun. You should try it. <laughs> But, but listen, it's not a formula, right? That's not the everyday, like sometimes, that has happened a few times, that's fun. But listen, what happens all the time is when you get in the word, maybe God speaks to you in that moment, but what happens is you're refining your ability to hear. Hmm. I'm discouraged, I read, read, and maybe you didn't hear anything. Get up the next day and read again. Maybe you didn't hear anything. You get up the next day and you read again. And what happens, you find yourself eventually, you're in the car driving and here comes the voice. He speaks to you and breaks open your season. We need to take, we need to take our eyes off the problem and put it back on the solution. You've heard me talk about that. It's impossible to encounter God more but trust him less. When we stay focused, it opens up, it opens up the realm of intimacy, of connection, of encounter. And we, you never come out of a time of intimacy with God with less trust. Always more. Often we try to focus on something for God instead of being focused on God. That's the take your eyes off the problem. We, we, you know, the world spoon feeds us problems and sometimes we take on this crusader mentality which at its heart isn't bad. It's like, I'm gonna see that thing defeated for Jesus. And we press into the problem, we press into the problem, we go after the problem, we go after the problem, but God's saying, hey, guess what? I'm not in the problem. Take your eyes off the problem. Put it back on the one who is the solution. 
seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Connected. Connected. Focused, encouraged, and now connected means being rightly and intimately connected to God. When you are in a place of relational intimacy, the heaven continually flows in and through your life. You will want to fight to maintain that connection. Having a prayer life that wins these three battlegrounds. We need to learn, we need to learn not just to pray. Listen, here's the key. We need to learn not just to pray. We need to learn to pray through to breakthrough. To pray until something breaks. Until we have access to what God has already provided. How many people know that the Bible, that there's the third heaven, God's realm, there's the second heaven, the spirit realm, where there's contention, the, the, the enemy, all, all this contention in the spirit, right? And then there's the first heavens, the earth, where we dwell. That God's already decided in the third heaven. But we gotta get it from the third heaven to the first heaven. There's a realm of contention where prayer creates the highway. Prayer creates the highway. Listen, it's not God. When we're praying, it's not God. We're not wrestling with God to get him to choose to do something wonderful or good or No, he's already decided. He already died. He already poured out his spirit. He already shed his blood. (laughs) But we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air. We need to learn to pray until we hit breakthrough. Now, in the... In the Great Awakenings, there was something unique. And Randy Clark, when Dr. Clark was here a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a conversation about this. It's just really been stirring in my heart since. And in the Great Awakening revivals, they would have benches at the altar. And uh, I was called... uh, different things, the, the morning bench, the anxiety seat, the mercy seat, but they would, they would call people forward to receive Jesus, but instead of just praying a simple prayer, and that's, that's, that's not a problem in itself, but right, currently, kinda, who wants to receive Jesus? Repeat after me, you pray a 10 second prayer, boom, great, you're saved. And sometimes that works powerfully and sometimes not so much. But what they would do is they would call you forward. If you want Jesus, you come forward and then you would kneel at that bench and you would pray and you would pray and you would pray until you broke through. Each individual person stayed there and prayed until their personal repentance, until their their crying out to God, until it broke through and the light of heaven enveloped their spirit and their soul, all their burdens and their weights lifted off, and they knew that they knew they were born again. Do you know what the fruit of that prayer is? (laughs) We need to learn to pray through. We need to learn to pray until we feel things shift 
in the spirit in the heavenlies until we become aware of breakthrough in the spirit. When you can feel breakthrough in the spirit, you can have confidence that breakthrough is coming in the natural. Daniel prayed and his prayer was heard on the first day, but it took 21 days of fasting and contending to get the breakthrough. First in the spirit, then in the natural. Many of the things we lack in the natural because we have not learned to pray through in the spirit. Can I say that again? Many of the things we lack in the natural are because we have not learned to pray through in the spirit. Turn to Matthew 18. And Jesus, suspend the time. Matthew 18, uh, verse 18, and the context, uniquely the context here is dealing with a sinning brother and the, and the, and the, the progression of going uh, to, that, to that person who's sinning and then bring, if they, they don't respond, then bringing another with them and then the, the, bringing them before the corporate body and it's that process. And then in that process, uh, it says this directly, after that process, it says this, Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's unique context there, but it's talking about the authority that we have as believers to release on the earth what we permit and what we don't allow. That we have a place, a partnership with God in creating parameters and realities that, that, that the kingdom can uh, manifest from. But listen, that translation, some of your Bibles have a better translation, but a better translation is not that what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, will we'll be bound in heaven. A better translation is what you bind on earth will have been bound. How many people know it starts in the spirit? It starts in the heavens. It starts with God. It doesn't start with us. What you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. But listen, <clears throat> I want us to look at that through the context of prayer, though. What is loose, so even with that next level revelation, what we loose will have been loosed, but we're thinking like God is up there choosing to bind and loose. No, listen, his ways are already established. <laughs> he loosed what he's gonna loose at the cross, and he bound what he bound at the cross, in the third heaven, it's already decided. The loosing has to happen in the second heaven. And the binding, we have a, we, listen, we have a part in intercession and prayer to partner with binding and loosing. What we, in prayer, in partnership with God, we, when we see the promise, when we go into prayer in the spirit and we loose it until there's breakthrough. Is this sinking in? Like, 
we loose it in prayer until there's breakthrough. And when breakthrough happens in the spirit realm, in prayer, you're like, boom, it just happened. I could feel it. Wow, there it is. Thank you, God. Now you can turn around in the natural and have confidence that it will be released in the natural. Uh, Whatever you, listen, this word whatever, whatever you bind, will have been bound. Whatever you loose will have been loose. But this word, however, in the Greek is hosus. Hosus, literal, means how much or how many. But not, but listen, it's not the selection of something. It's the, it's rather the volume of something. And a better translation wouldn't be whatever, but it would be how much. How much? Listen. Now, again, the context of prayer. Loosen it in heaven first or binding it. How much you lose something is how much will be loosed on the earth. It's, it, is, it is the volume of something. It is, it's, it is if I have $100 and I spend uh, 90, that's how much of the 100 I spent. The same way uh, the man who finds the treasure in the field, he goes and sells all that he has. That word all is hosis. He sells what? The full measure of what he has to go and buy the field. Listen, when we come into prayer, that we, if we break through 10%, how much you bind is how much will be bound. Whoa! Getting myself excited. Listen, how listen, how much you loose the measure. Listen, the measure in which you loose it in the spirit is the measure in which you can release it on the earth. The greatest breakthroughs I've ever seen. I remember the quadriplegic in Johannesburg, South Africa, downtown. This is Johannesburg, if you haven't been there, is a massive city, skyscrapers, financial center, right? This is not a Mozambique setting. This is not the bush. This is downtown Johannesburg, um, a quadriplegic man getting pushed down the street in a wheelchair. And we approach him on the street, busy, busy street corner. Approach him on the street and ask him what happened. And he said he fell off of a ladder 11 years earlier and broke his, his neck and his back in three different places. Been a quadriplegic ever since. We said, can we pray for you? He said, oh, I'm a believer. I've been prayed for hundreds of times and nothing's ever happened. And I said, okay, well, what if something does happen? He said, okay, and Fine, listen, he said, okay, fine, I guess you can pray for me, like he was doing us a favor. (laughs) But we started to pray, we just started to release the presence of God. Listen, we started to release what had already been released. 
We started to loose what had already been loose, and I'll tell that part in a minute. But we begin to release the presence of God. Just God, come. No, no, a big, really profound. Pre- we literally just God, come with your presence. And all of a sudden, his lo- legs started to tremble. Started to tremble. He looks it up, and I, and I know enough to know that that paralyzed people can sometimes have tremors. And so uh, he's looking at us with big eyes, and I, and I said, does that normally happen to you? And he said, no. <laughs> then I knew we were on to something. We keep praying, and his legs tremble, and they, they go quiet, and then they tremble, and they go quiet, and all of a sudden, tears start flowing down his face, and he goes, I can feel my legs. I can feel my legs. And we keep praying. We keep praying, he starts doing bicycle kicks with his legs, and we put our hand out, and he would touch our hand wherever we put it with his foot, and, and mobility comes back into his legs, and then his hands that were gnarled up, curled up like this, they, we watched them unfold. It took about eight minutes. We watched them unfold in front of us, and he gets use of his arms and his hands back. And... and and someone in a shop, it happened right in front of a strip mall. Someone in a shop came and brought him a glass of water. He's crying. His caretaker who was pushing the wheelchair, he's crying. Half our team is crying. She brings out tissues and water. And, and he drinks by himself for the first time in 11 years. But this, his, his name was Peter, and I will never forget Peter. I'll never forget him. As long as I live. But this is, this is etched in my spirit. What Peter kept saying over and over and over again, because she gave him tissue, he kept saying over and over again, I can wipe my own nose. I can wipe my own nose. I can wipe my own nose. And he gets up out of the wheelchair with help for balance, just holding this. He walks around the parking lot. A huge crowd gathers around. It's a strip mall, big parking lot. People see it. This huge crowd gathers around. I don't have time to tell the rest of the story. But <laughs> miracles break out in the. This, pray for the children's workers. Miracles break out. He, he was in a wheelchair. He was in a push wheelchair because he had an electric wheelchair that two days before he had been mugged and robbed and they stole his electric wheelchair, presumably to sell for drugs, right? They actually left him in a field behind a warehouse to die. By the grace of God, he got, he got discovered and now he's in a, a push wheelchair getting pushed all the way downtown to try and go apply for another electric wheelchair. And so he's walking around, this whole crowd gathers around, People can't, uh, cars can't get through because of the crowd. This one car pulls up, starts honking wildly. I go over, I look in the car, and it is, it is five of the, the hardest thug, gangster-looking guys you've ever seen. Johannesburg version, right? <laughs> I mean, one's got a bottle of rum. They're smoking. One's got a bottle of rum. A guy in the back seat is just holding a tire iron. I mean, and they don't speak English. I don't speak Afrikaans, but I'm trying to explain, like, hey, they're like, like honking wildly, get out of the way. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to tell them, no, no, calm down, like something amazing is happening. They don't understand what I'm saying, but they start to get out of the car, and they're mad with a tire iron. And I'm like, oh, Lord, now's my time. Father, receive my spirit and forgive them. 
They know not what they're about to do. It was that moment, the lady from the shop who brought the water and the tissues, she sees this and she comes running out. And in Afrikaans, she begins to explain to them, like, no, something amazing is happening. Look over the crowd and they look and see Peter up out of his wheelchair and one of the five guys turns ashen white, right? These are black Africans, ashen white, and he takes off running like a fast as he can go. That was the guy who mugged him two days ago. The other four guys all get healed, break off their witchcraft bands, necklaces, they get born again right there on the spot. Miracles. Miracles break out. Miracles break out amongst the crowd. We have dozens and dozens of salvations and dozens and dozens of healings. Listen, the point is that that happened But for weeks and months before that trip, I longed for to see someone get out of a wheelchair. Longed for, prayed for, wept for, asked, cried out, prayed, (laughs) created pathways in the second heaven to access the promise that's already available in the third heaven. Prayed until there was breakthrough accessed it weeks and months before until that day heaven poured out. What you, what you loose in heaven, you have authority to loose on the earth. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Last two weeks ago, I said that there's a gift of prayer being released. Right now, I feel like that there's that there is a scepter of prayer. Oh, I know we're over time, but if I can have someone just come up on the keys, I think it's worth it if someone's available. Listen, a scepter of prayer. Those who want to go after heaven, who like Evan Roberts pray, bends me, God. That's all of us. But I believe that God is, wants to give a scepter of prayer and intercession, authority to speak to the heavens and see it break open. That we turn and we have confidence and authority to release it on earth. Come on, let's all stand together. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.